0: The camera panned over Stamford Bridge. A pen was poised to sign a contract. Who would it be? Lawrence Hampton. No! A face who absolutely no one has been talking about, and I don't think many people recognise, including myself. Yes, on Friday, Chelsea announced their third signing of the summer. Alejandra Bernabe, a 21-year-old Spanish fullback joining from Atletico Madrid to go straight back on loan to Real Sociedad for next season. Abdullah and I have spent the weekend doing our homework because this is not, at least for me, a player I was familiar with. Um, Abdullah, were you expecting someone else's face when you saw that announcement video?
1: Yeah, I I thought, you know, Ashley Lawrence, Hannah Hampton, we've been talking about them for a while. So I thought, all right, cool. Maybe Lawrence, it's been a while. It's time to go. Let's bring a fullback in. And then I see this spanish face and i'm like i'm and I, in my head i was like i'm not gonna lie but who are you uh i don't know who you are and and, and it's 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 not often that we'll get it we'll get a signing at chelsea or at one of the bigger clubs and we'll be like who but this is one of those cases and i'm i'm free to I'm, I'm happy to admit that i had no idea who she was and then uh after a little bit of digging around on the internet you're like oh, okay There's something there, there's something to work with. So yeah, it was was something that caught me by surprise, but uh, interesting nonetheless.
0: Yeah, I had to message some Spanish people and say, ¿Cómo es esta chica? Like, I don't know who she is. So we've got some inside scoops from people who watch Liga FM more than us um we've watched a load of games uh, literally like what i've spent my weekend doing is because thankfully Dazone is on youtube at the moment so you you too can go back and watch lots of Alejandra if you would like um uh, but if you don't even want to do that you can ride on our coattails and hopefully you'll have a good idea of her by the end of this episode um we will chat through a bit about her career so far what she's good at what she's not good at And kind of what we think the next year will will hold for her, obviously going back to to Sociedad where she was this season. So, yes, she made her debut in in the first division in Spain, a 17-year-old. She was at Madrid CFF at the time. She signed for Atleti off the back of that, dropped down a division, played for their B team in the Segunda before playing a year in, in the first division for them, did some loans, Ibar, then Sociedad, got her Spain debut uh, at the end of last year, obviously kind of benefiting from uh, the 15 players who were refusing to play at the time. Um, she signed a three-year deal. Obviously, the f- one year of that will be on loan. Um, I don't know, the, the words that was coming out, I think, immediately, both from the club and from other people talking about her, was this is a player who's a fullback, but is all about the attacking what like what have your initial kind of thoughts been been on her and, and the way she likes to play
1: yeah I, th- I think i think that's probably the best way to uh to sum it up um so when i started watching it to, uh, you know today and yesterday I, I instantly thought all right so we've definitely got someone who is very technical i mean that's such a on brand for for a spanish player someone someone who's so technical and and able to, to really do some some, some fun stuff with, with their feet and through through the dribbling and everything. And um, so definitely a very attacking fullback. I think uh besides the technicality, I, I really felt like she she looks like someone who could really do uh who could really like provide both provide some good crosses on the byline, but at the same time is is good enough to be able to come inside and and maybe not seen so much in at least the footage that I saw, but someone that could probably play a little bit of interchanging play with with the forwards and it would be interesting to see um how that works i mean depending on who we sign next season but you know my first thought was the guru right and alejandra link up could be something really exciting just because they both go in and out uh, of of the of the box but well, one likes to go and one likes and both like to do both and you know someone like guru who's so so uh, really good in the box and kind of playing towards then and if you have someone like Alejandro who's able to really overlap and and provide something over there then we really do have a 2 pronged attack coming out off the left so that, that was probably my initial thoughts on on her and kind of how you know it could benefit Chelsea and um, being able to then maybe provide crosses in for someone like Sam who's so good in the air and you know maybe a Frank Kirby or somebody else who can come in off the back post I think is is, is already looking like uh, an exciting prospect.
0: Yeah, I think uh, so. Emma Hay said, "Alejandra has a fantastic left foot, and it's very difficult to find players of her ability who can progress the ball up the pitch on the dribble. We know she can become a top left-sided player in the future, and we're excited to watch her develop and grow." Interesting that she kind of referred to her as a left-sided player. I do believe she played has played minutes as a winger in in the past, and we might talk about uh, the defensive elements of her game as we get into this episode. Paul Green said, "We believe Alejandra has the potential to be one of the best attacking fullbacks in the world. Her attacking play will be a real asset for the team in the future." We look forward to seeing her gain more experience with Real Sociedad next season before welcoming her back into the Chelsea family. So yeah, I think the the two key things that, that came out from the club is she's left-footed and we really want a left-footed fullback and she's very good at attacking and, and they kind of feel... I think something that when you watch her footage and, and I took away from it is that it feels like she's got lots of the things that you can't maybe teach in terms of that willingness to go forward, the willingness to take players on like a real personality thing. And the areas of a game where she's not so good that maybe you feel like over time you can develop her and get her better. Um, I want to talk about a couple of comments as well. that I thought were interesting first from Arm and then from George uh, on Twitter up so Om tweeted saying, Om, um, obviously, we've had him on the podcast before, Real Madrid fan, watches a load of Liga Uh, This Bernabeu deal is sharp, especially with her getting one more year to further develop at Real Sociedad. Quality left backs are rare and Chelsea getting a young one who has shown strong promise as a ball carrier and progressor might not pay off, but easily worth taking a swing. And George replied saying... Uh, Chelsea starting to assemble a lone army this summer feels like the Woso version of the Real Madrid miss-versus-miss-out phenomenon. Take shots on young good profiles for cheap now while the market lags behind the rest of the sport. Figure out the rest later. So Abdullah, do you think that's like a fair kind of characterization of what what Chelsea are looking at here? Just being like, okay, this is a player who we like. We think she's going to be really good. Um, Let's get her in. Let's give her more minutes somewhere else. And then we'll see. We kind of talked about it, right? When we were talking about the goalkeepers, like, they're good. Let's see who becomes great.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's very Chelsea on brand again as well. Just to kind of take in players that I think they feel like they have the opportunity to pick up now, and kind of decide what they want to do with them later. Because I think, I think the, the probably the pros of going with this strategy is even if they don't work out too well for Chelsea, they still have enough resale value for somebody else to come and say, yeah, I, I think I, you know we can do something with this player because you know you don't lose that quality overnight and especially you know obviously in the goalkeeping department maybe it's a little bit more uh stocked whereas at the left back department it's probably a little bit less stocked and and in this one maybe makes a little bit more sense um especially if we're gonna get uh a bit more of a senior fullback coming in possibly uh this summer and it allows players who might be out of contract next season to kind of go away and then you kind of bring her in as like this understudy to to the players that you already have at the club and i think It both presents a little bit of um, forward planning in the next couple of years and at the same time if you do end up getting someone uh, like this who could potentially become a really really good good player going into the next couple of years you know becoming a a big Spanish international um, then I think you 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 might as well might as well do it and I think the type of players that Chelsea are targeting now and, you know, in, in your Hannah Hamptons, in your Alejandras and, and, and all that, I think it's, it's clear to see that Chelsea are maybe taking a little bit more of a an approach of getting more technically good players. Hannah Hampton's really good with the feet. We talked about the distribution in the last game, in the last uh, podcast, sorry. And, you know, Alejandra, again, with her uh, with her play is a little bit more technical and, and maybe Chelsea are now looking towards building a slightly different side uh, than they were in the future. I mean, you look at Micah Hamano as well. Canna came in, good opportunity there, picked her up, sent her on loan to Hammerby in in Scandinavia and, you know, she's been tearing it up over there. So, you know, you'd want that sort of, um, that sort of, uh, pl- uh, you know, trajectory for um, for Alejandra as well, if, you know, and, and get her come in to come in a year and, and maybe really make an impact.
0: Yeah, and I think kind of the rarity of the left-footed, fullback is so key because we will talk about um you know what her future at chelsea might look like because there are quite a few fullbacks who are are floating around some of whom are who are natural fullbacks some of whom are kind of converted players um but they're all right-footed um and i think that will that will make a big difference and and is definitely a big benefit Uh, let's take a let's take an ad break here and then when we come back we'll start off by talking about uh how she plays football So, Abdullah, the, everyone gets excited about a player who can put together a good compilation reel. And as an attacking fullback, Alejandra is definitely a player who puts together a, a good compilation reel. What have been the things that you think she does really well uh, when, when uh, she's in a team in an attacking phase of play?
1: Uh, for me, for me, it's, it's probably a couple of things. I think one is her ability to to drive forward and and really push a fullback back. I think, I, I think that is in and of itself, a very, um, a very good skill to have, especially in a team that, especially in a team that, that likes to keep possession, likes to dominate, likes to really push forward, you know, like, like Chelsea. Um, so I think that's definitely the first thing. Uh secondly, what I really like is because of the same pace and because of her ability to progressively mm-hmm. push forward and carry the ball in Chelsea's sort of current counterattacking style football against probably the top sides, I think that could really, really work, especially if you give her the freedom to be able to run the left flank without the necessarily giving her too much defensive responsibility. Almost maybe if you play a three at the back, and you really want a proper wing-back, I think she definitely fits the bill over there. You know, we've seen when Guru Wrighton was playing there a couple of seasons ago, um, you know, we've seen John Anderson do it in the past as well for Chelsea. I think if you kind of give her that sort of role, I think that's where she's really going to thrive because she almost plays like a a false fullback, almost like a Fridolina Rolfo for, the, for Barcelona, right? Obviously, Barcelona have adjusted their system to kind of fit Rolfo in a, in a back four, a left-back, and kind of shift into a three. I think that's something that Chelsea could do especially with Eve Perisay on the right-hand side. Um to me if you do something like that you really then get to see the, the the full extent of Alejandra's uh, uh you know attacking uh, attacking strengths and you know being able to run at players, being able to come inside, go outside again like we t- I talked about her being a very technical player. Um you know, if there were some video compilations that we saw where she's able to kind of run into two three players, you know quick feet drive past them in, in in small spaces as well. So I think from that perspective, from an attacking perspective, she's really good at doing the you know, play inside closer to the box when there's defenders around her and she's also able to go outside and play crosses and I think one added benefit of all this is she attracts players and when she attracts players you're freeing somebody else up. Whether that be a girl writing, whether that be a Sam Kerr, whether that be whoever else is playing at the 10, Kankovic and 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 the like. So um, I think putting all that together, I think there is a really, really good opportunity here to be able to improve the, the attacking output from from our from our fullbacks.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think you know, that ability to carry the ball is something that, that Chelsea really don't have with their fullbacks at, at the moment. Like, for example, I I pulled some some numbers from Niamh Charles and Eve Perisse last season and to compare them to Bernabé's and um Neve Charles averages 2.95 progressive carries, Eve Perissey 1.77. bernabeu averages 4.53. That's a lot closer to Onabathia, who averaged 4.79. The flip side of that is she doesn't pass the ball as much. Um, and like if you're looking at like god level, Onabatia does both. Um and but like Chelsea's uh fullbacks are a lot more likely to pass. But something that's kind of interesting about that is the way Sociedad play. They play a kind of 4-2-2. 4-2-2-2. And so they're a very narrow attacking team, um, which gives but and this is like important when you're thinking about her attacking and defending, I think. Um, she has to cover a lot of ground on that left flank, but it also means she plays quite high up the pitch. So if you look at like her progressive passes received, she averaged 8.25 um, last season, uh, whereas Lucy Bronze is averaging six, and that's even in, a, in an ultra attacking Barcelona team. Uh, Niamh Charles, four and a half, Yves Perisate, five. So. She likes to play in really advanced positions, and I do wonder whether you know if this is Chelsea also thinking like, oh, is this a player who, yeah, like is maybe a good wing back candidate if we we do want to play a back three because she's someone who who can play up and around the the penalty area. She does like to play there. Um, so I think the carries is the big positive. She loves a nutmeg. Um, <laughs> which I think is a lot of fun. Uh, the idea, I think, of having Bernabe on one side and Lauren James on the other is, like, absolutely hilarious in terms of, like, a willingness to take on players. Um, she makes quick decisions in possession, which I like, uh, good at passing in tight spaces, um, which I think also helps when you're, you're building up against um, other teams. I will say, like, it's hard to judge her in a in a different system because I've only watched uh stuff from her at, at Sociedad I I did watch the 45 minutes she's played for Spain like she is happy to kind of sit back a bit more when there's like she played for Spain she had Salma in front of her Salma Paroelo in front of her for like the first 10 minutes and then Athena del Castillo um so like two really traditional wingers I guess in that sense um and, and she did sit back and, and she looked good uh she was good at like interacting with them and overlapping with them when she needed um that being said obviously she's not the finished article abdullah like what what would you be looking for her to improve on over the next season like specifically looking at her attacking right now
1: i think from an attacking perspective i, I think a little bit better decision making needs to come into play and obviously that's that's something that i think most young players uh, have to improve on right it's, it's you you get better decision making as you grow older uh, and as you go there, because I think there are times where I feel like she might linger and dribble on the ball a bit too long for, for my liking. And, and and yes, there are times where she gets away with it and she's able to, to dribble through and, and, and be able to, to get in the final cross or the final pass. But I think once you start playing at a higher level against better quality teams on a more regular basis... Does that sort of understanding and being able to to understand, okay, if I'm playing with better quality players against better quality teams, one, they'll probably be smart about how to get the ball off me. And two, I need to be able to play in these players around me because yes, you are an attacking left back. But at the same time, when you've got top class, top quality players in and around you, they are going to be moving into really good spaces. And even if it's tougher spaces, to be able to use them to get yourself in a better position, I think, then becomes super important. And I think that comes down to decision making and kind of being able to anticipate play and kind of maybe thinking one or two steps ahead in terms of right, if I'm here and I play it here, I can move into this space and kind of recognizing recognizing all of that. So I think I think for me, decision making from, a, from an attacking perspective in terms of when to release, when to play and kind of what moves to do, I think is probably the next step in, in her development and and consistency in doing that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think she's really good at making decisions when she's, like, in and around the halfway line. Like, I think she tends to pick the right passes there. But when she gets higher up the pitch, it feels like she struggles a bit more. Like, she definitely doesn't contribute as much to, like, the actual attack or, like, the final ball as you'd maybe expect her to, given that she's this, like, attacking fullback who is playing, like, has the entire left side to herself. Um Equally, I don't really feel like she's like a threat from kind of shots and stuff, which I don't think has to matter, but is obviously a nice element for a fullback to, to have in their game. Um, and the other thing I think is sometimes she does overly rely on her left foot. Um, sometimes I think there are right-footed passes, uh, which would be better decisions. Um, and she she feels very, very left-footed, which obviously is a benefit, but it's just one of those things that I think you want a player to, to not be predictable in that sense. You don't want someone to know that you're always going to kind of like go around them on your left or like cross in on your left um, and just being able to have the have the ability on your right to like create that that moment of hesitation in a defender I think is like a really useful thing thing to have um so yeah it, it will definitely be interesting to see obviously I, I agree with what you said that you know with younger players like their decision making that's always going to be the thing that you hope is going to be able to be coached um so it will be interesting to see. She definitely has the the raw abilities going going forward, I think, to, to contribute a lot more um, than she does when it comes to actually scoring goals as opposed to just like the build-up play. Um, let's move on to her defending. She is a defender, she is a fullback, although it doesn't always feel like this. Um, this is the part where I'm like, okay, this signing is interesting because I don't know, it feels like there's a lot of work <laughs> to be done here. Let's start with the pros what what do you think she's good at when it comes to defending
1: i think the probably the biggest compliment i think we can pay her for her defensive ability is she's got speed she's got pace so her recovery runs are something that i think will be will be hugely influential and hugely uh, good for us because the amount of times we've had Probably, except for when probably when Neve Charles plays at a fullback position for us, we really don't have anybody that's quick enough to get back and and really help uh, help defend. And I think I think when you look at her being able to have the raw pace to be able to um, to be able to track back and defend and, and use that and use that pace, I think then there is definitely an opportunity. Um, there's definitely an opportunity for. For us to be able to develop a really versatile and and, and all-round defender, um, and I think because of the pace and because of the way she's been able to to get back into position quickly, I think there is a little bit of a a chance for her to be able to intercept play and and be able to to, to get in the odd the odd tackle before it happens because if you are coming up against a tricky winger, um, having the pace to keep up with them and then being able to kind of do those sliding in interceptions. I think it's probably where she thrives and probably will thrive the most going into these next couple of seasons. Um, That for me is probably the biggest defending advantage I think we have with with her.
0: Yeah, definitely speed is a big thing. Although I will say I sometimes felt like She couldn't always be bothered to get back, or, like, I don't know if it was, like, a fitness issue, but at points it felt like she was, like, quite puffed. But as I say, the system definitely doesn't help her with that. Um, I think she's better when she has a clearer job to do. Um, I think at points, like, so I watched her play Levante, and she really struggled with Alba Redondo and Myra Ramirez, but... They're quite like a tricky duo to defend against anyway. They they interchange a lot. They're very clever players. Um, whereas I watched her kind of defend against Caroline graham Hansen, and it probably still wasn't her finest hour, but like she definitely felt like she had a better... She was her positionally better than she was against Levante when she was like, okay, you are defending Caroline Graham-Hanson. Um, I think she's also quite good at reading the flights of balls, sometimes longer balls, so she can position herself well there. But it does feel that there's a lot of cons, Abdullah. What are your kind of concerns with with Bernabe as a, d- a defensive player?
1: Um, I think for me the biggest thing is positioning. I, I you just referenced the fact that you know she there are times where she hasn't been able to track back, and, and and I think for me it's like she has the potential to do all that. Yes, she. I think I think the discipline and being able to track back and defend when needed, especially in a team that's managed by Emma Hayes, she needs every player to be. Tracking back, defending and doing kind of all aspects of the game um, properly before she's even allowed to, you know, start consistently. And we've seen that with with, with a lot of players. Um, so I think for me, it's one is that, I think the discipline. I think two is positioning. Uh, I think that's something that she needs to, 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 to keep an eye on from especially from a defensive point of view, because. I can already see that, you know, from the decision making that we talked about and her being really attacking focused, that maybe her defensive positioning has been uh tested a little bit and, and, and that's something where she probably needs to get you know learn and kind of get into into positions. I don't know whether it's because you know she's she's not had center backs next to her that maybe have I mean they probably have coached her well and, and kind of you know played her through the game, but maybe coming to Chelsea playing alongside a Millie Bright, Kalisha Buchanan, you know, players like that who are top, top, you know, top two, three centre-backs in the world, being able to, to, to kind of listen to them and kind of understand, you know, with the instructions that they give her on the pitch, I think will hugely benefit her. So I think positioning and discipline for me probably would be the two things that I would be wary about right now. And hopefully, hopefully this this loan, they, she, she kind of improves on that.
0: Yeah, definitely feels like she can often lose track of who she's marking, like um, clever movement from an attacking player. Like, it doesn't always feel like she follows where they're going. Um, And I think she also, like, she gets beaten quite easily 1v1, and I think it's often she gets drawn to the ball and she sort of goes in forward-facing instead of, like, coming in sideways, and it makes it very hard for her to change direction when players go past her, and then that kind of just leaves her, like, stuck higher up the pitch. Um, the other thing that I saw that was annoying me is that I feel like she nibbles unnecessarily at players when they get past her. And at first I was like, oh, maybe this is good because it's like, I do think sometimes it's useful to, like, put in a tackle or, like, some, a foul higher up the pitch um, and concede the free kick if you feel like they're getting away from you. But it was just like... In the game against Argentina, she kept doing it and it's like, yo, like Spain was 7-0 up. I was like, chill, like you don't need to be going in about this. There's like, I think a slight element of like not having control in those situations, which is something that that you want to work on. And then the other thing, which I don't know how much of a problem is, is that she is quite small. She does get beaten in the air quite easily. Um, I don't think that has to matter so much. Um, and I think if her positioning was better, it would matter less Um, But in the same way that her pace is something that allows her to cover for faults, her height is something that does not allow her to do that. Um, If she gets if she gets stuff wrong. So, for example, yeah, in in the game against Barcelona, um, she totally loses track of where CGH is and CGH just pulls off the back of her and and easily heads in um, a goal beyond her. uh, Because there's like no way that she can kind of make up the height difference there when she's already lost track of where CGH is. Um, So... I don't think it's, like, an exaggeration to say there's, like, quite a lot of work to be done on the defensive side, um, some of which feels like, uh, yeah. I I think the only thing that makes me worry about it is, like, I feel like Chelsea have had so many fullbacks who can't defend um, that I'm like, oh, did we buy another one? Like, great. Like, I've watched Neve Charles for the past two years. Abdullah, how confident are you? that these are things like the defensive things are things that can be fixed that that will be fixed
1: i'm hoping it can be fixed because i think i think i think there's okay i think i think first of all i think it's, it's it's best to say that with 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 alejandra i think there is a level of development that'll come in like this like she's so young that you know any bit of coaching from a new coach. Will in, should instantly give her a new perspective and, and, and try and improve her, uh, to some extent quickly in the short term. And I think so. I think that's that's the first thing to say, whether that be from an attacking perspective, whether that be from a defending perspective. Um, I think in the long run, it really just comes down to the to her development and kind of what the coaches that she's under for the next couple of years kind of helps to instill in her. Is there someone who's going to really focus on her defensive work? Or is it someone that's going to try to play her in a system that, you know, um, you know, plays to her strengths and kind of allows her attacking game to be a bit more free flowing? And I think I think that's a conversation that maybe Emma would have had with Real Sociedad before she's ending up going the run loan and saying that look, obviously, you know, you guys play this cer- a certain way, and and you know, we want to, you know, we we would like to see her develop in certain ways and, and kind of play from there. Um, I can see it happening. It also comes down to how willing she is to learn and develop uh, her game uh, from there. But, uh, I mean, we've seen Neve Charles kind of go up and down. We've seen Jess Carter go up and down. But I think for the most part with those two, I think which is the best two examples to give in terms of young players developing. I think for me, those two have really improved overall from both an attacking and especially a defensive point of view. I I would say Jess Carter, while she was always a defender... Her defending has really come come leaps and bounds in the last two years, and you know that's credit to Emma Hayes's development and coaching, you know, of a player like that. So if if we can look at someone like Jess Carter, who maybe a couple of years ago we were saying, is she even going to be at Chelsea? Should she even be at Chelsea? To being the most improved player across two seasons, then I have hopes for Alejandra improving both in Spain and then coming down to England and 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 really doing doing things over there
0: yeah definitely and the development piece is going to be really really interesting so let's take another ad break here and then we'll talk a little bit about what's going to happen next year what it's like at Sociedad what we can kind of expect from her development so yeah obviously she was on loan from Atleti at Sociedad last year she's going back there again this year obviously all kind of part of the the deal being done um We've, we've touched a bit about the way Sociedad play, but generally, Abdullah, give us a bit of a lowdown on, on the team that Real Sociedad are, for anyone who doesn't really know, and also on, on Natalia Arroyo, who's their manager, who's very, very highly thought of.
1: Yeah, Natalia Arroyo is probably one of those coaches who is probably, if not top two, one of the most respected coaches in Spain. I think anybody you talk to looks at her and, and kind of calls her this this really masterful tactician and someone who really knows how to develop players. So I think Sociedad has become like this destination for for te- you know for, for players and teams to go where if they want to really improve themselves as a as a player and really tactically become more developed. I think uh, Natalie Arroyo's team is definitely up there as as one of those, I mean, you know, if we look at the players that she has, I mean, Sariegi, you know, you know, a top class center forward that's probably in just in the seconds here or I know, after the elites in your Sam Kurz and, and whatnot. Um, and probably is going to be one of the top Spanish strikers going into the next, you know, five, six years, in my opinion. Nuri Rubano, another one who's uh, who basically... You know, like we said, I think uh, Alejandro replaced Robano when she made her move to Barcelona, and 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 the fact that if Barcelona are picking up players like Robano over there, and you know you've got uh, you you've got to have something around about you, and and Neria Ezegeri, I think is another another top top talent. So she, so Arroyo's you know had this track record of of really developing players in in her team, and we've seen them play a really good brand of football. Uh, uh, another player they brought from, and I think. The fact that, and if I can give an example, they they brought in an overseas player in in uh, in, in in Jensen, and she came from one uh, from from Scandinavia, and she's come in and really improved as this inside forward up up front, and really looks like she's become part of of the associate team from an attacking perspective. I think scored like you know f- you know ten plus goals and last season when, when she came in, so. Um, it's not just the Spanish-speaking players or the local players that Arroyo has been able to get a tune out of, but it's these overseas players that she's been able to bring in and really integrate into the side and really develop into uh, a strong player. And I think I think there's definitely like players there and in, in the Sociedad that team that I think we will start seeing move around Europe, and that's just a testament to um, the coach that's there. Though I think I think last season they they probably had a little bit tough, but um, there is definitely a top four. This is definitely a top four team in, in Liga F, uh, if I've ever seen one.
0: Yeah, definitely. So they obviously, well, last season they ended up finishing eighth. It was a, it was a tough year for them. The season before that they finished third, um, they lost to Bayern Munich in the, the Champions League qualifying rounds, but they were tight games those as well. Um, and there aren't many coaches I think who I prefer to have developing a player than Arroyo. Um, we've definitely seen, um, players really come on in, in leaps and bounds and, and lots of players who've had like amazing seasons. Like I think it's been interesting that Nuria has struggled at Barcelona, um, kind of when she's been taken out of that Sociedad system. Um, equally like Amaya Sariegi, it's kind of amazing to me that there aren't more clubs interested in her, even though she had a kind of quiet season. And I think the big benefit here as well is Real Sociedad, they play like they they haven't reached the top by playing like long ball football, um, in a way that just takes teams by surprise. They they like to play um in a nice way. Like if you look at the metrics, like they they play much more like, say, a Barcelona a Real Madrid, um, than they do like the teams who've been in and around them this season. They like to press. Um they're the third highest pressing team last season behind Barcelona and Levante. Um and I think the other thing that's really interesting to to think about here about where she that Alejandra is going back there and that Chelsea bought there is I think is very interesting in indication of the leagues which Chelsea think are strong at the moment and you know like historically Chelsea have bought a lot in the Scandinavian market they've obviously really liked the players who've, who've come in from there and I do think Liga FA is a really interesting one to, to keep an eye on I know like sometimes it feels quite dull because Barcelona just win everything but when you kind of peel back the layer but below Barcelona um Levante are like one of my favorite teams to watch Sociedad are obviously very enjoyable and then you've got Atleti and Real Madrid on top of that um Maria Prize gone back to Betis which I think will be interesting as well so I think it's really when we're thinking about like where Chelsea want to be recruiting from, and and the players they want to get, Liga FA, I think, will continue to be be somewhere that that players get an opportunity to develop and play against lots of different styles of football. And like it's useful to get to play against teams like Barcelona twice a year, you know, as as much as anything else. That's that's like a good development opportunity for for players as well. Um. So hopefully that gives a bit of an indication of what her year next year will be like. The only slight concern I have is she did come off early a lot in games. Um, and I do think that will be something to keep an eye on is like how many minutes she's playing. And I'm sure that's a conversation Chelsea have had as well um, with Sociedad. Uh, but that was definitely something that I was like, when I was going through her minutes last year, I was like, hmm, I don't know like how useful it is that when a player is kind of regularly coming off at like half time or at 55 minutes. Um, so that will be one to keep an eye on. But let's think about the year after then. Um, so she's going to go and play a year at Sociedad. Hopefully everything goes well. We're at the start of the twenty four twenty five season, Abdullah. Where, what do you see happening then? Uh, take us take us to your vision of the future. Is this a player who you think will be ready to come back and compete? Is there space for her to come back and
1: compete? My vision of the future is we've won a Champions League. Life is good. We're 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 chilling. <laughs> <laughs> That's my vision of the future. But if we're talking if we're talking about the team uh, in terms of the players are going to be there, not there, then I, I think it's interesting, right? Let's let's kind of go through the players that I think will be there and won't be there. And let's talk about from the fullback position specifically. Marin Miel designed a one-year extension. Which probably means that I I would I would assume that this is her last year, and I think she will probably leave at the end of the next season. So let's assume that's one fullback centre back option uh, out. Then you've got kind of the two young but established players that we have in Neve Charles and Jess Carter, who've kind of played everywhere. Both will be in the last year of their deals, being twenty five and twenty six at the time, and I think that regardless of what happens next season i still think i think that both of them will resign contracts so i think i think we'll, we will see more Neve Charles and jess carter at chelsea now if paris is the one that i'm i'm sort of unsure about next season she'll be 29 and she'll be with one year left on her contract now there's a very good chance that she just stays for the final year of her contract and then leaves because by that point she'll be 30 years old and and and, and I think a lot of Yves Parisse's. Well, whether we keep Eve Parisse or not, I think will come down to um, Alejandra's development. I think that's one, and then number two, what, how far you know we 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 feel like you know we have other players there. So, for example, if we do sign Ashley Lawrence, and Ashley Lawrence does really well, Alejandra has a really good really good season. Um, at that point, you have, assuming Ashley Lawrence signs a three-year deal, you've got two years left on Ashley Lawrence's contract, you can almost say, okay, maybe we sell Leave paris A. That season, Ashley Lawrence can move to her more natural right-back position, assuming she playing, she's playing left-back this year, when she, if she if and when she comes in. And then you could probably bring Alejandra to come in at left-back uh, to, to kind of play there alongside Nietzsche, all chess cards, and you kind of have the three of them kind of playing in and around that back four. Um, so Eve Paris I think comes on development Then you have Georgia Fox who probably will go on loan because of the big injury uh, which I I think you've called out here which I think is is, is a good call and then Ashley Lawrence again another one who's just kind of the upper 20s here in terms of her age Uh, kind of like Eve Paris but obviously is a bit fresher a bit newer and I think she'll be looking to to, to hold on and will still need a little bit of experience to to, kind of help guide the fullbacks through so I think she will probably stay. So I think with Mielda going uh, and Neve and Georgia Fox going in loan and being sold respectively, you're kind of left with the other four. And kind of from the other four, you will only keep those four if you feel like Alejandra still needs to develop one more season elsewhere, whether that's a loan at Chelsea, sorry, a loan in the, in the WSL or Championship or, she, or, or elsewhere. But I think if she has a really good season and she comes in, then I can see one of those four being kind of sold to kind of make space for her. And probably out of the four, at the moment, Eve Perisset seems to be the one just from the process of eliminations. I don't know what you think, but that's kind of my perspective of the entire thing.
0: Yeah, I think obviously we're looking into the future. So there's a couple of different things that I think are worth considering. I think one is how Neve Charles develops. I think she's had a very good season and I think she has shown a lot of improvement but there's you know we talked about it before when we were talking about her when we were kind of reviewing everyone's season there's been a lot of ups and downs and it's still kind of sometimes hard to know which version of Neve you get she'll be kind of 25 at the start of that season so I think this is a really important year for her development um Jess Carter is also really interesting because you know, it looks like she'll play left back for England, but she doesn't really play left back. She just sometimes play left back fast, but because she can play anywhere, it's going to be interesting to see where she ends up. I kind of still feel like she will settle as as being a centre back. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see. Obviously, without Magda, there's there's kind of more minutes available there. Um, but Anik now might come back. There's also this kind of question mark over Kadisha Buchanan how she'll look next year. Um, so I think maybe potentially we can kind of take Jess Carter out of this list of fullbacks, but I don't know, like, I genuinely don't know. I could kind of see that one going either way. Um, yeah, Mara and I agree. Like, I don't, I either don't see her being there at the start of 24, 25, or if she is there, I don't see her like competing for minutes also because she plays right back or center back. Um, so then you've got kind of, yeah, Yves possibly Ashley Lawrence. I agree, like, potentially Perseille is the, the one who you could see moving on. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe you, you just take all of them because if you take Mielder out of the picture, let's say, you have Charles and Bernabe as your two left backs. You have Perse and Lawrence as your two right backs. Um, Georgia Fox is on loan. And Jess Carter's one of your centre backs. Um that kind of like makes sense. And that and that again is where the noun question will be interesting because if Anik was to move on, then suddenly you're like, Yeah, well, Jess definitely kind of becomes backup centre back, if not starting centre back. Uh so it definitely feels like there's a lot of room there uh for, for Burnaby to come in and develop, and, and you wouldn't really want her to be coming in as a starter anyway, I think. So I think definitely be interesting if she was kind of coming in as as sort of a twenty-two-year-old with trials sort of three years old and hopefully a bit further along in development, and maybe ideally, if Neve continues her trajectory, she's on. You use Neve as your kind of reliable person, and then Bernabe is the the player you let rip against your Leicester's or your West Ham's or whatever. And and that's kind of her first year development, and then you see where where she goes after that. Um, so I think it kind of makes sense. I think there is a lot of there is a lot of room for her, and, and as we've said, I think the left footed element is so key because of all of these players we've read out. They're all right footed. Um, so she's always gonna have an advantage, I think, over those players or in and among those players. Um, and it will be interesting to see because yeah, as we've said, three players there who'd be in the last year of their deal in Neve, Jess and Eve. Um, and presumably Chelsea will be looking, if they do see a long term future for those players at the club, they'll be looking to to renew those potentially this year. Um, equally Ashley Lawrence, if if that does happen, probably in the second year of a three-year deal would be the guess. Um so yeah, I definitely think there's room. I think she's a really exciting player. I think she's very, very raw. And this year will be really key to see how she develops. Um Abdullah, do you have any final thoughts on the future of Alejandra other than you're running to sign up to DAZN probably, so you can watch her in <laughs> Liga FA all next year?
1: Uh yeah, I need to do that. That's a good point. Um final thoughts. I think it's good to see it's good to see us. Kind of addressing the left back issue with a natural left back. I will, I will say that that's probably a positive step in, in in the right direction. And it's kind of reminded me how I have no Spanish related to, uh, football tops. So that's something that I need to go and address in the near future. So are thank you going to get a Bernabe,
0: a, <laughs> a Bernabe rail Sociedad? Sociedad? Sure. I, think, I,
1: think, I think just to be the niche, just to be in the niche, yeah, I might just be the, the hipster that goes and gets a Sociedad. Bernabe, Burnaby, top might might need to might need to do that. So yeah, I think that's the play.
0: Yeah, um, and look, Champions League finals in Bilbao, San Sebastian is just an hour away from there. So hopefully, if the league FA season hasn't finished, we can all do a big trip. We can go and see Alejandro, and we can then go and watch Chelsea win the Champions League final. Um, that sounds that's what I'm backing. That that's that's what's gonna, and then we'll go to um madrid to watch taylor swift that's my plan that is my summer plan right there um okay hopefully this has given you all a bit more of an insight on on berna bay it's gonna be really interesting to see her develop i did think definitely a fun she's a fun player to watch um so regardless of what happens regardless of how much she improves i'm looking forward to watching her next season for sure um we will be back later in the week with some kind of content um we were going to be doing a loan episode, then this got announced out of nowhere. So we'll see what happens next week. But you'll definitely be hearing from us until then, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.